0: Well, greetings, all of our family and friends. We want to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host for today, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited you are with us. We're praying that God's grace and mercy would abound, and we're thankful for what the Lord has done and is yet about to do. I'm going to ask you, as you're coming in, if you would do that work of the evangelist and share the podcast, like the podcast, and just let us know where you're joining from uh, we're grateful that you're with us. We're going to believe that God is going to speak to us in a great, great way and that we're going to hear from God in an in an, in a, in an unusual fashion. The Bible says that he's spoken to us in sundry times and in diverse, uh, different types of seasons in different ways through the prophets of old. But we believe in this season that God is going to speak expressly by the purpose of his spirit. So thank you for joining us, Sister Crystal. Welcome. Thank you for the broadcast. Pastor Hiram, blessings to you. Welcome. Um, a Cantero family, so good to see you. Sister Melissa, welcome. Uh, Ash, Ash uh, Ashon Lewis, so good to see you. From Cape Town, we pray the blessing of the Lord over you. We are excited to be coming back to South Africa. The first weekend of October, we'll be there in... I believe Secunda uh, with our good friends, Apostle Phil Vermelon and Apostle uh, Apostle Howard Pyros. It's going to be a wonderful time. I can't wait to see South Africa again. Ada Richardson, so good to see you. Sister Mary Keyes, so good to see you looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. But we're going to prepare to start in just a few moments with our podcast and our message for today. I'm going to ask you if you would one more time to do that work of the evangelist, share the podcast, let somebody know on I'm doing the same. I'm going to go uh, to our Facebook page and hit that share button. If you're not following uh, the podcast, please be sure to do so. If you can on our Facebook and or our YouTube page, I'm going to pray that God would add blessing and favor to this podcast and that we would hear from him in a mighty mighty way so thank you for joining us wherever you're watching from in different nations of the world we pray God's favor and God's increase over you and your household and that he would be glorified in all that we're doing and in all that God is going to manifest. So we're looking forward to the presence of the Lord coming in a great, great way. We're grateful for the the spirit of God being with us and we're asking him to minister in in a powerful way and in a phenomenal move of the Lord. So God bless you all. Thank you for joining And we're praying that God's goodness and mercy would be seen and that we would be transformed in a mighty, mighty way. So thank you for being with us. We're looking forward to, we're going to start with just a word of prayer. And ask for God to release his blessing and favor over the pocket. So start with joining me. If you would join with me there, let's do that. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask you for your presence, Lord, to come. We pray that every word and every, every, every grace of your presence would abide with us. We ask you for an open heaven over this time that we would hear from you and that we would move boldly and powerfully into the next season for your appointed time. I thank you for the goodness of God that is moving over every hearer of the word. Give us wisdom, give us knowledge, give us the counsel of the Lord to know the mysteries of the spirit. Lord, I pray every distraction, every opposition, every hindrance would be broken by the power of your word and unify us to hear from you and to be changed and transformed into the glorious image of the sons and daughters of God. Speak to your people, minister, to us from the uh, realm of your glory, that we would be transformed for the purpose of Almighty God. This we ask in Jesus' mighty name, and we say amen, amen. God bless you, Yvonne. Welcome to the podcast. Sister Lisa, welcome. Uh, Sister Monique, thank you for being with us. We're going to go ahead and start with the word of the Lord. We're going straight to Romans 8.21, which is our key verse for the podcast, Blessings Pastora. So good to see you, Pastor Lorraine. Welcome uh, to you and your husband. The Lord bless you again. I'm wearing our our raising the altar shirt for this is raising the altar season. we're going to start with Romans eight twenty one. The Bible says, "Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty and freedom of the sons and daughters of God." I would encourage you, listening. You were made for freedom, and you were made for liberty. And one of the ways and measures that God is going to bring freedom on our generation is that as we, as the people of God, build an altar of encounter so a generation can be free. First Kings 18.30, we're going there. We're going to be talking today about the altar of liberty, the altar of freedom. First King 18 tells us of a time where Israel has turned from the Lord. And now Jezebel has influenced the nations and the prophets of Baal have infiltrated the church or infiltrated the people of God, the ecclesia, if you would, or the chosen elect people of God. And now they've risen altars to Baal and the altars of Jehovah have been torn down. Now the church or or the kingdom of God, as it was in the influence of Israel, is in a state of backslidden. Now there is no rain upon the earth. Elijah has stood up. And he said to King Ahab, you will repent or there will be no rain except at my word. And now there's three years of famine, three years of drought, and now the Bible says that Elijah appears to the king, and now he begins to repair the altar. Let's start here, 1 Kings 18:30. Elijah has been given a mission and a mandate, and it is to gather living stones to build an altar in the name of the Lord, so that God would send the fire of God, and then he would send the reign of God. There are two dimensions you see in First 1 Kings 18:30 uh, and beyond. First Kings 18 deals with the fire of God falling and then the reign of God coming. The fire. Number one is for illumination, which is direction. It is also for purification, for cleansing. But it's also for uh, uh, climate, uh, climate change, climate. Uh, when you light a fire, you build a warmth and you drive out the cold and God wants to release fire, number one, so we can see, so we can walk in purity, but he also wants to redirect the the warmth of the nation. The Bible says that uh, in the last days, that the the love of many will wax cold because iniquity is abounding where there's a coldness in the hearts of men and God wants to light a fire of revival. So here is what God gives the direction. Bless you, Brother Frank. Welcome to the podcast, Uh, Davion Welcome to the podcast. Uh, First Kings 1830 says, Elijah said to the people, come near and all the people drew near. I'm going to repeat this to you. Proximity is important. Who and what you are near to in this season is very vital to your promotion, to your advancement, to your movement forward in the kingdom of God, drawing near to God. Number one. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Living close in the spirit, living close to the presence of God, walking in the mind and the knowledge and the truth of his word, but also drawing near to leadership, healthy leadership, the, the appointed set man or woman of God in your life. The leadership God has put around you. Elijah represents the fivefold in the old testament he is a prophet but he represents the apostolic the prophetic the evangelist the teacher and the pastor in the old testament and now god is drawing people and prophet close together he is drawing the generation and the leaders of that generation into proximity verse number verse 30 says and elijah said to the people come near and the people came near they drew near to God and they drew near to one another there will never be a move of God till the people of God number one draw near to God number two draw near to one another put that up if you would Acts chapter 2 And verse number one, the Bible says uh, blessings, brother David and Maria, God bless you both Uh, blessings to you as well. And when the day of Pentecost fully came, they were in one accord and in one place. Pentecost is the number 50. It deals with Jubilee, 50 days after Passover is Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50, 50 means Jubilee. And every Jubilee debts would be canceled. The trumpet would blow and God would deliver families and restore. The Bible says when that time came for restoration, the people became one with one accord. And in one place, the word accord deals with passion. It deals with with desire, pursuit. They had one heart and they had one mind to pursue the things of God. They were in one place. Now the word place isn't just location. It's a spiritual disposition that we become in one heart and in one motive. Genesis 11 verse 1 tells us that the people on the earth were one language. a Genesis 11 and they were one voice. The whole earth was one language and one speech. They were unified. They were were synchronized through one language and one way of speaking. Language is dialect. Speech is communication. Verse number 2, the Bible says, And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found the plain at Shinar, and they dwelt there. They were dwelling in one place in one accord with one language. Verse 3. The Bible tells us, and they said one another, let's build brick and burn thoroughly and that they may... and they had brick for stone and they had for mortar keep reading verse 4 the Bible says and they said go and let us build a tower that we may reach heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered upon the face of the earth now here is where the challenge is the 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 earth is one language and one people they come to a dwelling place they determine with their hands to build a tower to reach heaven this is called the tower of Babel verse 5 says they're going to build a name for themselves and they're going to build a tower and they're going to, they're going to build something with their intellect to reach heaven. Verse six tells us, we're going to go from there. Bless you, brother Phil. Welcome to the podcast. And the Lord said, behold, the people are one language and, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained that they imagine. I'm going to repeat that again. Here is the principle of unity. Here is the principle of agreement that if we can ever become one, If we can ever unify with one heart and one spirit, the Lord said unto them, Behold, the people are one. They are one language. They are one identity. They are one speech. And they are one language. And this they begin to do, now nothing will be restrained from them that they imagine to do. So unity is producing an ability. When we become one in one language, in one voice, in one power, bless you, uh, Brother Richard, welcome to the podcast. Uh, uh, We're believing that that unity is going to produce a productivity of faith, of favor, of blessing, of increase. Go back to First 1 Kings eighteen thirty. So, in order for them to build the altar, the church has to come together. First 1 Kings eighteen thirty. The people have to come together. The uh, the 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 realms of the ministry and the kingdom has to unify. First 1 Kings eighteen thirty. And Elijah said to the people, "Come near." And all the people drew near to him, and he repaired the altar that was broken down. I must encourage you, this is a season of repair. That word repair is the word rafa. It means to heal. It means to make whole. It means to restore what was broken. God wants to heal us as his living altar. The areas of wound, the areas of pain, the areas of frustration, the places we've been broken down, God wants to restore. The enemy meant to break, you down, but God is going to raise you up. The enemy meant to frustrate us through trials and through tribulation, but God wants to encourage us to move forward with blessing, with favor, with increase. Bless you, Karina. Welcome to the broadcast. God wants you to know that there's a building up about to come internally, that God unifies them to heal them. He unifies them with one spirit and one language so that they can be healed on the inside from the places of oppression, the places of war. Let me encourage you, as I say often, the places of attack are going to become the places of your anointing. The places of your warfare are going to become the places of your dominion, the places where you were oppressed. And you were pushed down is going to become the places of your overflow. God is taking what the enemy meant for evil and going to use it for good. Verse 30 says, Elijah called the people near and they came. And the Bible says he repaired again. The word Rapha is the word heal. It is the word restore. It's to make healthy. I want to encourage you, God is about to make your home healthy, your mind healthy, your body healthy, your spirit healthy. To heal, to make healthy, to make whole, a physician of hurts, of nations involving restored favor. I want to encourage you, God wants to restore favor. I want you to be encouraged, you are not disregarded, you are not overlooked, you are not uh, rejected, and you are accepted among the beloved uh, to heal, uh, to cause a watering, to cause an overflowing, uh, to be healed of national hurts and international pain. God wants to heal the pain and the process that we've been through for his glory and his honor. The scripture says he repaired the altar. The place of meeting that was broken down. That word broken down is the word haras. It means to tear down, to beat down, to be plucked down, to be destroyed and to be ruined. Let me encourage you. Every place the enemy meant to destroy you, God is going to turn it for good. Every place the enemy meant to hold you back, God, is going to advance you forward. There is a help coming to us. Verse 31 says that God begins to repair the very places that were broken down, that were beat down, that were oppressed. Verse number thirty. 1 tells us, and he took 12 stones, Elijah did, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. Again, Elijah represents the prophetic, and he is now drawing 12 stones according to the number of the 12 tribes. I'm going to repeat this to you, that each tribe represent was represented by a stone 12 stones 12 tribes it wasn't 11 it wasn't 9 12 is a number of perfect government it's a sign and a symbol of the church that God is going to restore the disjointed places he's going to restore the disjointed pieces God is bringing back together what the enemy tried to divide he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes. Now the word tribe is the word rod or breath. Uh, rod, uh, it's the word shebet, rod, branch, offshoot, scepter, a tribe. I would encourage you though. We are one kingdom. There are different tribes. We are one nation. The, the nation was Israel, but those, those nation had different tribes and those tribes had different attributes, different languages, different, or, or different articulation of the same language They had different interpretation, different talents, different assignments. Let me encourage you. You are one nation, but you are a part of the tribe of the, of the line of the tribe of Judah, there is a sound in you. You are a Levite. You are a worshiper. The Bible says he took 12 stones according to the diversity of the 12 tribes of uh, of the scripture says of the sons of Jacob. Jacob represents the deceiver, the supplanter. Jacob represents one driven away. Jacob represents one that was outcast, but God is turning the Jacobs into the Israel. God bless you, Brother Ray. Welcome to the podcast. God bless you, Sherelle. Welcome to the broadcast. God wants you to realize, God bless you, Bianca, that you are called Israel, that you were Jacob. Now you're Israel. But not only are you called Israel, you are now being called to call others out of who they were into who they're meant to be there is a purpose there is a plan there is a destiny look at verse 31 Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob under whom the word of the Lord came i want you to underline that the word of the Lord came God is bringing the word of the Lord to you when the word of the Lord comes, it brings light. When the word of the Lord comes, it brings healing. When the word of the Lord comes, the Bible says, Jesus, uh, the Psalms tells us that he sent his word and healed. He sent his word and delivered from all those diseases, all of those issues. God sent his word and he healed. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. He sent his word and delivered them from all their destructions and all of their issues. Uh, Psalms 107 verse 20. When God sends a word, he's sending the miracle. Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Healing and deliverance comes from the word god is in heaven and god wants to send is sending his word to the earth you're in the earth realm he's in the heavenly realms when you receive his word you receive the force of deliverance you receive the force of healing he wants to heal make whole he wants to deliver break chains remove generational cycles that are holding us backwards and wants to move us into the purpose of god for the plan of god Go back to verse 31, that whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. Again, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the sons of Jacob under whom the word of the Lord came. When God's word comes, it gives you power. When God's word comes in the Old Testament, you would find that the the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. When the word of the Lord comes, it is an opportunity to transform your situation to look like God. Genesis, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. We're going to put that up. Hebrews 11 says, through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. When God gives you a word, he is giving you power to frame a world. I'm going to repeat that to you. Through faith, we understand. Faith produces understanding. It produces revelation. It produces uh, wisdom and counsel concerning seasons and times. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. There is the word plural worlds. The worlds were framed. The multiple worlds, the, that there's more than one world at work. There's a visible world and there's an invisible world. There's a natural world and there's a supernatural world. There's a realm you can see and there's a realm you cannot see. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, the ages. Each age is framed by a word. If you get a word from God, you can frame a world. I'm going to say that to you again. God's word in your mouth can frame a world. You speak the word. You decree the word. You prophesy the word. You declare the thing that God said, not what you see in the natural, but what you see in the spiritual will create a world that you're supposed to walk out. Verse 3 says through faith we understand the worlds were framed and fashioned. The word framed is the word uh, katarizo. It means fit, complete, to repair, to, to arrange, to put in order. See, the word of God in your mouth can frame any world that God ordained. When you start speaking what God said, you're going to see what God said. I'm going to repeat this to you. When you start speaking what God said, you're going to see what God said. The Bible says, Genesis, hold your finger there. We're going to Genesis chapter number one and verse number one. Genesis one, verse one says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I'm going to say that again. Bless you, Sister Violet. In the beginning, Sister Margaret, welcome to the podcast. Sister Anna, welcome. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse number two says, And the earth became, the word was as the word haya. It became without form. It became void. And it became dark. Three levels that the devil works with. Number one, without form. Number two, without destiny. Number three, full of darkness. Whatever is not formed will become void, purposeless. And whatever is purposeless will be full of darkness. The enemy will have dominion. So the enemy works where there is no formation. God is a former. He is a fashioner. He creates in Genesis chapter 1. Then he's looking to form what he creates. God makes, he brings something to existence. I want you to think about your life when you were born as a a child. Think about a baby. A baby is born. They are created. They come out of the womb after nine months of development. In the womb, they are birthed. Now that baby that is birthed must form and shape into who they're meant to be to fulfill their destiny. Now they are a child and they grow up and they must learn the word of God, the things of God, the mind of God, so they can fulfill their destiny. So Jesus, the seed was implanted through the Holy Spirit in into the Virgin Mary. She didn't know a man. The seed came from God. The egg came from Mary. The Bible says they came together and nine months he was developing in the womb. Now after nine months of formation, he was birthed out of the womb of Mary and for 30 years began to develop into the son of God. He was the son, but according to the scriptures, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor. And after 30 years of development, he stepped into his mantle for three and a half years. He operated in ministry. Then after he concluded his assignment here, he ascended into glory and passed the mantle for us to walk in. As he went into the lower parts of the earth, he rose on the third day with power. Now he passes that authority to us. I'm going to repeat this to you, God will he will form then he will feel and what he feels will live so the earth had no form number one whatever is not formed must be formed God is forming us and shaping us and molding us number two the enemy wants us to be void purposeless no reason for existence no reason we're just living and not fulfilling destiny and number three darkness The Bible says the enemy works in darkness. And when God saw that there was no form and there was no purpose and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the spirit of God moved on the face of the water. Are you hearing? The spirit of God moved. Blessings, prophet Russ. So good to see you. The spirit of God moved on the face of the water. Verse 3. When that spirit moved, then after the spirit began to move, then an articulation came. The spirit hovered over the face of the deep. The deep things of God are calling you. I want to tell you, God is calling you and I out of the shallow ponds into the deep wells of revival, into the deep oceans of the spirit. The spirit moved on the face. Go back if you would. The word face of the deep. I want you to be encouraged. There is a deep measure calling you. There is a deep dimension calling you. The spirit of God moved. Now the word move is the word grow. It means to hover. It means to flutter. So God's spirit is hovering. What is he hovering over? The word uh, "the word face is the word panium, which is time. And the word water is the word seed. It is the word seed. It's not just liquid. Water is water, seed. Uh, it is the word seed. It is the word uh, uh, life-giving, life-giving substance. So the spirit is moving over the water and the deep of the water. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light and there was life. So what did God do when he saw darkness? He talked to it. Let me encourage you listening. We must form the worlds we are in with the word of God. You are not going through life as uh, as uh, an experiencer of life, as a victim. You are not a spectator. You are called to direct the course of your life by the word of God. The Bible puts it this way in the book of James. The word of God or the tongue the tongue is like a ship, the rudder of a ship. And the tongue is the bit in the mouth of horses and it pulls them one way or the other. That means the word of God can produce life or death. You can speak the thing you believe. You can declare the thing that you don't see as though it already is. The greatest thing you can do with your word is put God's mouth, God's words in your mouth. The greatest thing you can do with your mouth is begin to speak the things that God said, not what you see naturally. Hebrews, 11 verse 3 through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word I'm going to say it again you can frame any world with words and the words of God produce life and the words of the enemy produce death words have power the book of the the, 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 the book of Proverbs says the power of life and death is in your tongue. What you speak, you will eat, you will live, you will drive, you will walk in through faith. Who understands the world were framed by the word of God, so the things which you see were not made of the things which do appear. Blessing Sister Yolanda, welcome to the podcast. I want to say that again the things which you see didn't come from the things which can be seen. Everything seen came from the invisible, everything natural came from the supernatural, everything in this realm came from that realm, and this is why Jesus had all power, all authority and never failed in his endeavors because he went to the spirit first. We go to the natural and try to figure this thing out naturally. But God says, go back to the spirit. First Kings 18 verse 30, go back there again. First Kings eighteen thirty says, the scripture tells us that Elijah begin to repair the altar by drawing them close. He began to heal the broken places. If you're listening to me, I want to encourage you. God wants to heal the broken places. He wants to restore the places the enemy tore down. The enemy, Baal, and the spirit of this age wants to tear you down, but God wants to raise you up. Verse 31 says that God began to raise up and heal the altar. And he took 12 stones according to the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came. And when God's word comes to you, it produces power. There is a verse that tells us that the entrance of his word brings light. The moment God's word comes, light is there. John uh, John chapter one, verse 14, they're gonna put that word up. Every word that God speaks will become a reality. Every word that God decrees will become a living reality. Here is what John one verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. I'm gonna say that again. The word became flesh. Do you have a word? some of us have a word but don't see it in the natural don't you worry what God said you will you will see what God spoke will come to pass what God promised will manifest that word must become flesh a word is spirit that spirit word John six sixty three says the word that I speak is spirit And life. So God's word is spirit. How do you get a spirit word into the earth realm? Through the corridor of your heart, through the foundation of your belief system. You've got to flesh that word out from your ears and your heart into the earth realm. It's got to be rooted and grounded inside you so it manifests through you. The word was made flesh. The word was fashioned into flesh. I would encourage you. God is looking to make your word flesh. He's looking to take the promise that is spiritual and bring it to the earth realm. I don't know about you. How many on this line have some words that are in the spirit, but not yet in the natural? Some things you're believing God to do that haven't been done yet. Some things that God said to you that don't look like they're going to come to pass. See, when God speaks a word to you, he gives you that world. He puts the power to create that reality in the word. It's a seed. It's a seed that contains, contains the power of that word and the power of that world. John 1 says, I'm going to read this again, that that. That word became flesh. It was made flesh. God is making the word, and the word was made flesh. The word made is jenomahe, to become, to exist, to receive being. The word came into being through the flesh through our hearts, through our minds, through our thoughts. I want to tell you the word God said to you is realer than what you see in the natural because what God said is reality in the heavens and it will be reality in the earth. Heaven and earth will pass away before one word ever flails. Bless you, Sister Eunice. Welcome to the podcast. And the word became flesh and the word manifested and it dwelt among us. I want to tell you this is not a passing thing. God isn't going to bless you one weekend and then struggle the next weekend isn't going to visit you one weekend and then you can't find God present the next weekend. He wants to dwell among you. He wants you to abide in him and his word to abide in you, to remain. And when the word becomes flesh and remains in us, we will see the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. This next move will come full of grace and truth, full of wisdom, full of revelation, full of insight, full of the counsel of God, full of the mind of God. First Kings eighteen thirty one says he took 12 stones according, according to the names of the tribes of Israel. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be thy name. Here is what God does. God calls you what you are not like you already are. God speaks the end from the beginning and the thing that is not as though it already is. Romans 4 verse 17 tells us this is the mind of God that God will call you what you're not like you already are. Romans 4 17 says this is a concept that we must walk in as a reality that as it is written is already written in the spirit. So yes, your Bible is what is written. Amen. I agree with that a thousandfold. But your Bible is only a piece in the earth of what's already written in the heavenly realms. Revelation says there are books in heaven. And these books contain one of those books is called the book of life. You there are books and there are are living epistles of your destiny that have been written before the foundation of the world. Let's read uh verse 17 as it is written. Some of us say it is written. Some of us say it is written. Put that in the comment section. It is written. It is written that you're the head and not the tail. It is written that you're above and not beneath. It is written that you're more than a conqueror. What is written has already been written from before the foundation of the world. Now what is written must be spoken. What God wrote about you must be decreed from your lips. Because what is written is already established. When the devil came to challenge Jesus when the devil came in the garden in the in the in the in the desert in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4 when he came to challenge Jesus and to question his identity and to question his provision and to question his assignment and to get him to try and worship him and to go around the process the Bible says Jesus answered with three words it is written because when you give the word of God to your enemy when you speak it over your circumstance the enemy has to bow. Demons have to run. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Now, this is a story or a context of Abraham. And God is speaking about Abraham. But look at the language. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, what couldn't Abraham do? Have children. Abraham and Sarah couldn't be father and couldn't be mothers God said I he's not saying I will make you a father of many nations when I wrote it to you it's already past tense I am a father of many nations. Even though I don't have children, I am a father. Even though I'm dealing with financial issues, I'm overflowing. Even though you're going through issues in the marriage, you have a blessed marriage. Whatever you're believing God to give you, it is already yours. It's been written. You are the head and not the tail. It's been written that you're going to prosper. Bless you, sister Josephine. Welcome to the podcast. It's 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 written that you're more than a conqueror. It's written that you your you, 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 your father owns cattle on a thousand healed and he will supply all of his need according to the riches of your glory it is written by his stripes you are healed even though there's sickness in your body it's written that you and your house shall be saved even though children are running lost and running from the Lord it is already written I have made you a father of many nations what you're believing God to do God has already done What you're believing God to release, God has already released. What you're believing God to to finish, God has already completed. He started it and he completed it before he sent you. Bless you, Brother Daniel. Welcome to the podcast. Bless you, Jesus. Stand by me. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible says this word was already completed. I've made you a father of many nations before him who believed. I'm going to repeat this again. What did Abraham do? that was counted for righteousness, he believed. Now, until you believe it, you will not see it. See, the devil knows it's real, God knows it's real, the angels know it's real, demons know it's real, heaven knows it's real, hell knows it's real. The only people who don't yet believe it is us. See, Abraham believed and it was, and it was counted for righteousness. What did he do? He believed. Let me encourage you, man of God, it's time to believe what God said about you. Let me encourage you, woman of God, it's time to believe what God said about you and your family. I know what the enemy is telling you. I know what the doctor's report is. I know what the natural report of your marriage is. But I want to encourage you by the Holy Ghost, you are what God says you are. And you can have what God says you can have. And you will do what God says you will do. You don't believe the report of the enemy. You believe the report of the Lord. He said, "I've it's written. I want to tell you, God wrote your days in the beginning. The book of life was written before the foundation of the world. He said, you're living epistles read of all men. You come in the volume of the book to do what was written about you. God wrote a story about you. God numbered your days. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Though we fall, we are not utterly cast down for the Lord upholds us with his hands. Your steps are ordered. He's numbered the days of your life, the hairs on your head. He's numbered your your end at your beginning. He knows your end. He knows your beginning. And the problem is we don't know that thing. He said, I've made you a father of many nations. Before you believed, you already are. Now in order to see it, you got to believe it. But before you even believe it, you already are. I wanna say it before you even believe you already are. Moses was a deliverer, even when he was running from God. Joshua was a man of valor, even when he was training under Moses. Esther was called to be a queen, even before she ever knew her destiny. God wrote it about her. God put it in the book. Daniel was a counselor of kings even before he ever knew his calling. God wrote these things in his book. And you say, wow, uh, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Here is what the scripture says. I come in the volume of the book. You have a book written about you. I'm not going to get too much into this, but you have a story written. And God numbered your days. He, He numbered your days to fulfill your destiny. Psalms 40 verse 7 you say well this is of Jesus let me repeat to you the scripture says you are living epistles read of all men that means you're a book psalms 40 verse 7 says then said lo I come in the volume of the book to do what is written of you God wrote your end at your beginning he wrote he wrote he wrote your beginning he wrote your end before you started the journey he, he saw the, the fulfilled and completed assignment and he sees you completed. Says he declares the end from the beginning of the things that are not as though they already were. Lo, I come in the volume of the book written of me. Your living epistles read of all men. I'm going to repeat this to you. Your living epistles read of all men. That means you are a book. You are a writing you are a story that God wrote from the foundation of the world and with a conclusion. You're walking out a, a story in the kingdom of God. Living epistles read of all men. That's who you are. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hold your finger there. Go to 2. We're going back to, to uh, Psalms 40 in just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2 tells us you are our epistle written in our heart and read of all men. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's telling you, you are a book. An epistle is a book. It's a writing. It's a holy book. You're a holy writing. God wrote these things in your heart. God ordained you to fulfill destiny. You are living epistles, read of all men. Go back to Psalms 40, verse 7. So you come in the volume of your book. See, whenever God sends a seed into the earth, he puts the genes and he puts the blueprint in the seed. Inside of the apple seed is the apple orchard. Inside of the, of the acorn is the, is the forest. Inside of the, uh, of the watermelon seed is the watermelon patch. All of the blueprint is inside of the seed. You're a seed. I'm a seed. I came from God. And when I came through uh, through the womb of my mother and through the loins of my father, there was a seed in there. And God put my destiny inside of me. And so God says, be what I called you to be. Lo, I come in the volume of the book to do what is written to me. Verse number 8 says, I delight to do thy will. You will only be fulfilled. Bless you, Brother Stephen. Uh, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, 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 bless you, Sister Stephanie. Welcome to the broadcast. You will only delight to do what was written of you. You will only find peace when you fulfill what was written of you. God wrote your days. He wrote it in something called the book of life. Now, we sometimes misinterpret what the book of life is. We think the book of life is a book that if we... Our names are there, Right? And we get into the book, we live. Now, a part of that is right. But the book of life is the number and the, the book of life that has all of the writings of what you will fulfill in the earth realm. Revelation tells us that God brings the dead and small before the Lord and the Bible says he opens the books then he opens the book of life and he compares what we are and what we did to what was written about us because your days were numbered your hairs were numbered your destiny was numbered you were written and God saw your end at your beginning he put your gift inside of you I delight to do thy will oh my God your law is within me where's his law in me where's his word in me where's my Destiny in me? Where's my calling in me? Where's what I'm supposed to do? It's in me already. It's in Christ in me. He wrote it in you and He's put what you were meant to do on the inside so you can fulfill that thing on the outside. I delight to do Thy will and I declare this thing for the purpose of God. I want to encourage you, God has ordained you to do mighty things for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the books were open and another book was open, which was called the Book of Life. And this writing you are, this destiny you are, this calling you are, you're sent to walk out this thing. Go back if you would to first, uh, go back if you would to First Kings chapter 18 verse 30, 31 says your name shall be Israel. Here's the terminology. Your name shall be Israel. Actually go back. Uh, I'm going to read that saying your name shall be Israel. Verse 31. Stay there. If you would, Elijah took 12 stones according to the numbers of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came saying Israel shall be thy name. Your name shall be Israel. I know what you look like now, but your name is Israel. The word Israel means God prevails. God wins. I want to tell you your name is Israel. No matter what the enemy called you, you are Israel. No matter what the devil tried to do, you are Israel. No matter the mistakes you've made, you are Israel. You are God's son and you are God's daughter. You are meant to walk out in destiny and purpose. You are meant to fulfill the full number of your days. Go back to Romans four seventeen, As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations Before him who believed, even before you believed, you already are. Remind you to see it, you must believe it. Who quickens the dead? God, who raises the dead. I want to tell you, if it looks dead, don't worry. God can raise it. If it looks impossible, don't worry. God can do it. If it looks like it's nothing that can be done by man, God is setting up a miracle. I raise the dead. I do the impossible. I manifest power and provision. Who raises the dead and he calls the things that are not as though they already are. I'm going to repeat that to you. God calls the thing that is not like it already is because it already is. You see here it's not yet. There it already is. I'm going to repeat this to you. In this realm it hasn't come to pass yet. In that realm it's already done. This is called prophetic timing. In this realm it's in the future. It's coming to pass. In that realm, it's already completed. It's already done. He calls the thing. The word called is the word kaleo. It means to sound a resounding call into you about who you are, about what you're meant to be. I want to encourage you, whatever you are facing, God has already declared your end at the beginning. Go uh, And the thing that is not as though it already were, because it already is. Go to Isaiah 45. Isaiah, actually Isaiah 46 is where we're gonna go. Verse number nine and 10. Isaiah 46, nine and 10. Remember the former things, for behold I am God and there is none like me. Remember, I want you to remember. Remember the first things. Remember who you were before. I wanna tell you the whole Bible is about re, remember receive, reconcile, redeem, restore, revive, renew, ransom to buy back. You don't receive the Holy Ghost. You receive it. You are not deemed. You are redeemed. You are not stored. You are restored. You are not vibed. You are revived. You are not new. You are renewed. Everything of the Bible is about getting back where you were before. You remember who you are you've already been a son or daughter before the foundation of the world. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there was none like me. You got to remember who you were. Remember your identity before you were in this world. You were in that world and God knew you. Verse number 10. Here is why he declares the end from the beginning, not the beginning to the end. See, you and I are in the beginning and we're moving toward the end. You and I are in the end time, moving toward the end of time. But God is at the end of time, telling you who you already are, speaking to you where you're going. God is in the spirit, looking at your beginning from the end. We go from the beginning to the end. God is at the end, working to the beginning. He's already concluded who you are and what you'll be and what you'll do. He already sees the thing as already done. He already tells you it's yours already. I declare the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. The ancient time is the time before time. It is the time that God wrote your story. And from the ancient time, which was the time before time, God wrote your end. He said, you will be this. David, you're a king. I don't feel like a king. Saul, you're a king. I feel like a shepherd. Moses, you're a deliverer. I can't talk right. Esther, you're a deliverer. No, no, no. Pick somebody else. I'm the wrong. I'm the wrong woman. God comes to His people and tells Peter, "You're going to be an apostle." No, 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 no. I'm cussing. I'm cutting. I don't know how to do it. God tells us who we are, and. We argue with God about who we are because we're aware of our weaknesses, not our strength. Moses told God no five times because he was aware of his weakness and not who God said he was. I will encourage you. Yes, we all have issues. We're working through a process, but you must believe you are what God says you are. I am. Say this with me in your mind. I am what the I am says I am. I am what the I am says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I already am. I'm not going to become I am. I'm just transforming in my mind. And the Bible says he declares from the, be- the end from the beginning. Not the beginning to the end. He starts at your end and he says, you're a victor. He says, you're more than a conqueror. He says, you're the head and not the tail. He says, you're above and not beneath. He says, you're blessed going in and blessed going out. He says that, that, that he says that he will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. He says, by his stripes, you are healed. Wait a minute. Am I healed? Am I going to be healed or am I are healed? You are healed. You're not going to be healed. You are healed. You're not going to be delivered. You are delivered. Isaiah says you are healed. Peter says you were healed. By his stripes you were. It's already done. It's been done. The thing you're waiting to do has already been done in the spirit. I declare the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. We are not writing prophecy. When somebody really prophesies over you, they are not writing it and declaring it and creating it with their words. They're speaking what has already been done from the foundation of the world. They're speaking what is already yours. It's from the ancient times saying the counsel of God will stand and I will do my pleasure. God has a counsel and God has a plan and a pleasure for your life that you will fulfill the purpose of God. Go to Psalms 1611. He says, you will show me something called the path of life. Psalm 16, you will show me that the path, the course, the, the, the road, the destiny, and the dest- and the journey that leads you to life. See, there are many roads you can choose. You can choose the, the wide and the crooked, or you can choose the straight and the narrow. And we've always thought the right and crooked to mean sin. And it does to mean that the road that leads to destruction at the end of that road is to, it's the road that is wide and crooked is the road I choose The road that is straight and narrow is the the road that God chose for me. See, I don't get to pick what I'll be. I get to be what God made me to be. God knew me before the foundation of the world. He knew you. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, put it up there. He says, before you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. Number two, before you came out of the womb, I predestined you and I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet to all nations. I'm going to repeat this again. She told Jeremiah, before you were even in the womb of your mother, I knew you and you knew me. To know, to know intimately. You knew God. God knew you. Before you came out of the womb, I separated you, I picked you, and I destined you or I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So you don't get to pick your will. You can I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go. I can make my own decisions, but not till I say not my will, but your will. Does the purpose of God begin to manifest? Romans 8:29 says, actually go to Romans 8:28. We love this verse, but we usually misinterpret this verse. And we know that all things work together for good. And we stop right there. Doesn't all things work together for good? Praise the Lord. It works for good. No, no, no. It doesn't say all things work together for good. That's half of the verse. All things work together for good to them that love God. Well, you we say, I love God. Well, what does Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And the word commands are not rules. It's divine directives for your life. A command is a prescribed direction, not a general direction. So it is a rule, it is a law, but a law for your life. What did God tell you to do? I haven't heard anything. you got to have to say, God, show me what I'm called to be. Show me what I'm called to do. Show me what I've been ordained to walk out. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. These are a distinct set of people that have yielded their will to the Lord and their direction toward God. And to those people, everything will work for good. The good and the bad and the ugly. This is not for every, I wish it was for everybody, but this is to those, say those and them. Repeat after me, say I am one of them. I am number one, those who love God, which means I've surrendered my will. Many will call him savior, but few will call him Lord. Many will say save me lord and we call him the lord but how many will make him lord which means boss owner director where he now takes the the sh- the control of the, of the of the of the of the of the steering wheel of your life he now takes control of the rudder and begins to guide you toward his will not our own he said verse 29 says for whom he did foreknow he did predestinate the ones who he knew before, this word no is not no friend. It is the word ganuxo. It means to know intimacy, intimately the way a husband knows a wife and a wife knows a husband through covenant, which is pure. God knew you intimately before the foundation of the world. And he had intimacy with you, and you had intimacy with him. You were known before, verse and same, second part, and you were pre- Destined mean you were destined and your days were written and your assignment was established before the world was. God isn't just making this stuff up up as he goes. He wrote your story. He wrote what you would be. He wrote what you would accomplish. And our destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ so we can fulfill the calling of God in the earth realm. Are you hearing Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 tells us you were predestined according actually go back to 4 if you would Ephesians 5 1 verse 4 according as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world are you listening when did god choose you he didn't choose you 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago when he found us in the street he didn't choose us when 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 we were dedicated at the altar by our parents or whether we weren't or not He didn't choose us in the earth. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I want you to understand that. You were handpicked by God before there was ever a world to stand on, before there was an earth, before there was a moon, a sun, a star, before there was oceans, and before before there were plants, and before anything existed in the earth realm, God picked you by hand. You were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That number one, we should be holy. The word holy is the word hagios, One. One with ourselves and one with Christ. One. We must be one with him and one with ourselves. That we should be one without blame before him and love. Verse 5. Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. According to the good pleasure of you I'm just about done. First Kings 18.31 says... There is a generation of, J- of Jacobs who will become Israel and these stones will become an altar. The Bible says that uh, 1 Kings eighteen thirty one Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of God came saying Israel will be your name. You are Israel. Remember, God wants to take a man and build a nation, a woman and build a nation. God took a man named Jacob, changed his name to Israel and turned the man into a country. God wants to take a man and a woman and transform them and build from that man nations. God said, Abraham, I see nations in you. Sarah, I see nations in you. There are nations in you, but we've got to be conformed. We've got to be transformed. We've got to be renewed and shaped after the image of God. We've got to become his likeness, and God will take from men and women and build nations. The whole purpose of this thing, according to the book of Psalms, he says, Ask of me, and I will give you nations as an inheritance. I'm I'm about done. He said, Ask of me, and I will give you nations. Of uh, Ask of me and I will give you nations as an inheritance. Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. The whole purpose of all this Jesus stuff and all this speaking in tongues and serving and worshiping is that we build a place. He says, uh, uh, Psalms chapter 2. He says, uh, I will declare a decree that thou art my son this day. to Go to verse, go down to verse 8. Ask of me. And I will give thee the nation. The word heathen is the word nation. It is the, the, the Hebrew word nation. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth as your possession. God wants to give us nations. I want to say that again. God wants to give us nations, cities, towns, regions, so we can be leaders in our generation. The whole purpose is that God would make a man, and build that man after his image and his likeness and have them impact nations. That's the assignment. Cities, towns, regions. First Kings eighteen thirty-one number, uh, he says, he begins to build this altar and he takes 12 stones according to the number of the tribes, according to the name of Jacob and said, Israel be, will be the name. Last verse, verse 32 says, and with those stones... He built a place of meeting for God and man. The altar is the place of meeting between God and man. There is a misconception that we only come to the altar when we're either in sin or sinners needing to be saved. You come to the altar as an act of covenant. You continually come when you're married. You come as an act and a sign. The Bible says, and with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And each stone represented a letter, a sound, a foundation in the name of God. I want to pray with you. Those under the sound of my voice, I want you to be encouraged by the Spirit. You may be in a battle. You may be warring. You may be going through trials and opposition. But hear me by the Spirit. God sees your end at your beginning. I declare that you've been called to walk in glorious liberty and freedom as the sons and daughters of God. And you will produce freedom in our generation. And you will bring this earth, this generation, these nations and these cities and these states and these, uh, these counties out of bondage, out of corruption into glorious freedom. All of the Bible has been about God dealing with a man. For the Bible says that God looks to and fro. Upon the earth to show himself strong, God is looking for a heart who's right for, before Him. The Bible says, God looks to and fro, He looks to and fro on the earth, and He's looking for somebody. Second Chronicles 16 9. I look to and fro on the earth for a life and a vessel who let me use them. Are you that man? Are you that woman? Are you that vessel that says, God, if you can use anything, you can me. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro upon the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is mature, whole, complete toward him. Herein thou has done foolishly. I'm going to say that again. For the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro. See, this is the exact phrase that Satan said. God said to to Satan when he came before him in Job chapter 1, where have you come from, Satan? And Satan, I said, I come from going to and fro on your planet. See, the devil's looking for a vessel. God is looking for a vessel. I said, the devil's looking for a vessel, and he's found them. He's found vessels of dishonor, vessels who don't have fear, who don't have reverence of God, who don't have any any compassion for the generation. But I want to tell you, God is looking for a man or woman that he can raise up in our generation. The eyes of the Lord are running back and forth to and fro upon the whole earth earth, to show himself strong. God has the power. He needs the vessel. God has the authority. He needs the vessel. God has the, 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 the resource. He needs the vessel. It's not about your ability, my ability. It's not about what we can accomplish. It's about what God will do through us if we yield our hearts toward him, our motives, our intentions, our focuses. He said, I'm looking for a vessel who I can show myself strong. I need to pray with you. If you're on this line, I need to agree with you that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what the enemy is trying to do to stop the work of God, it will not work. You will fulfill the call of God, the assignment of God, and every lie of the enemy will come under the yoke of the Spirit. You've been called by the presence of God to change this world. And I declare you are that altar. You are that living stone and that living epistle and that living epistle written and read of all men. And they will read your life and they will not just see you. They will see Jesus. Says in the book of Acts that they could tell they had been with Jesus. They knew they had been with the Lord. There was something on them that was unmistakable and unmistakable. It 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 was immutable. You could tell they had been with God. I want to pray with you. No matter what you are facing, no matter what you are dealing with, no matter what you are going through, God wants you to know he's with you and he will never leave you. He picked you, he chose you, and the attack, the opposition, the war, the questions, the battles, the lack of knowledge will will be subject for the word of God is about to come. I want want to pray with you. You're here today. I want to tell you God picked you for something great. You've been chosen. You've been called. You've been ordained. You've been handpicked. And all your life you've been in a battle. You've been in a struggle. You've been in a war. But it's, it's preparation. Nothing has been insignificant. Nothing has been meaningless. God will use everything the enemy meant to destroy you for your blessing. God will strengthen you as a man of God. As a man of war. A woman of battle. A woman of honor. A woman of glory. A man of authority. God picked you. God chose you. I want to pray for you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now over every man and woman under the sound of my voice. I ask you to strengthen every heart. I ask you to encourage every man and woman listening to me. I pray right now that the burdens would be removed and the yokes would be destroyed off of the anointed, off of that man of God, off of that woman of God, off of their family, off of their loved ones, that they would not be discouraged, but encouraged. That as the word of God came to Joshua, the word of God is coming to you. Be of good courage and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To meditate on the word day and night and you will have good success. And no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. I wrote you on the palm of my hand carry you in my heart for you are the apple of my eye. You've been chosen and you've been picked and you've been appointed and nothing will change my mind about you. You are a holy nation and a royal priesthood. You've been picked and you are peculiar. You are set apart from my glory. You belong to him and he belongs to you. So now I pray the blessing of almighty God. Strengthen my brother now. I pray virtue hit my sister now that where you were weak, you will be strong. That where you were tired, you will be refreshed. That in your weakness, his strength will be made perfect. That God is setting a miracle up on your behalf. That you would be a testimony of his goodness, of his mercy, and of his favor. I seal this according to the working of his mighty power. In Jesus' name we pray. And if somebody agrees with that, say amen and amen. We are excited. That's right, Brother Sluggo, you are world changers on this line. You've been anointed, you've been appointed, and you've been picked. And the enemy is trying to steal and kill and destroy. But let me encourage you. God came that not only would you not lose, the enemy wants to steal. He wants to take what's not yours. Number two, he wants to kill. He wants to lose life. He wants it, it to be lifeless and dead. And number three, he wants destruction. But I want to tell you everything he meant to do, God will turn. And God has come to bring you life and life that is overflowing. Overflowing life. Overflowing answers. God is setting the stage. He's taking you by the hand and he's not going to leave you. He loves you and you're chosen. And God is going to show favor to you and to your house in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, say amen and amen. Well, it's been a privilege to be with you on our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. I believe God has been ministering to some of you on this line for this is your season. This is your hour. We are getting ready this month to celebrate the feast of tabernacles. There are three primarily primary feasts. There's more than 3, but three primary feasts which is Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles. They are found in our in the Jewish covenant or the or the Hebrew uh, word of God, the Old Testament, but again you find God moving in the New Testament in these feast days. The first Passover lamb Uh, was in the book of Exodus, but our Passover lamb was slain on the cross 2,000 years ago on Passover night. Jesus is the Passover. 50 days later, the Bible says on Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was poured out and the church was born. This is New Testament. And I believe there is a third feast that we are going to watch celebrated, which is the Feast of Tabernacles, which means Sukkot, which means the, the, the Feast of Booths, which means God wants to dwell with us. He wants to show his hundredfold glory and manifest something significant about this time I'm going to encourage you this month to set your heart on the Lord and on the things of God for God is about to move on your behalf and move in your generation and he's looking for vessels I'm going to ask you to seek God this month as never before September will be a month to remember a specific time of glory and miracles and signs we're going to be consecrating here at this rock international ministries and are raising the altars, getting ready for this press, and yes, shaking is coming, opposition is coming, but the glory is going to come in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank all of our charisma podcast network we're preparing to sign off the lord bless you if you were blessed by the podcast please be sure to share the podcast tag somebody let somebody know that you were blessed that you were encouraged and that the favor of god was on this podcast we're praying is increase we can't wait to see you again and if we and we're expecting god's abundance over you and your family in jesus name amen thank you for listening to freedom global prophetic podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.